Welcome back, everybody. My name is Josh Forey, and I know, I know, it has been about a week since we have uploaded an episode, and I would apologize. However, it's because I, well, I'm a dad, and my wife has given birth to our daughter, and so I took about uh, a week and a half, almost two weeks off now um, to, to, to just be with them and be pre present with them, and she came uh, several days early, uh, almost a week and a half uh, early, and uh, that was the time I was going to be scheduling out podcast episodes and, and doing interviews and stuff with people. So uh, we didn't have uh, any episodes to upload, and so this episode is going to be an interview that I did. Actually, I was being interviewed inside of Russell Brunson's inner circle, his fifty thousand dollar mastermind that I'm a part of, and I was interviewed uh, about the Golden Mike method and interviewed a little bit about what we do and. Um, it was fantastic. It was one of the best interviews I think that I've done when it comes to just opening up and sharing kind of some vulnerable parts of my story and, and things of that nature. And so um, we're going to be back on track next week with the the podcast, uh, with the solo episodes, and then also the, the interviews every week. Um, but I wanted to drop this one here to get caught up and get back in the swing of things because I know it's been a week or so. And so um, hope you enjoy and uh, buckle up. I'm interviewed, being interviewed by a guy by the name of Steve. And, um, you know, Steve has interviewed me about that. It's about an hour long or so, I think. And uh, I think you'll really, really enjoy it. I certainly did. And I uh, hope you will as well. So if you want to know what questions they ask in a $50,000 mastermind, this is them. And enjoy the episode. It just means it's more Josh Forty to us, which is an awesome idea as far as I'm concerned. Speaking of Josh Forty, what's going on, man? Oh, man. It's been a busy day. Busy, busy day. But uh, full of uh, exciting stuff. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Love it, Glad to have you in. Today, you are going to share something a little bit different with us, correct? You are talking a bit about podcasting, but as you put it, correct me if I'm wrong, the golden mic method. Now, before we get into the details of how, what in the world is the golden mic method? And once you tell us a little bit about that, why don't you go into a little bit of why you are focusing on podcast and what's the difference yep. here? Yep. For sure. So um, first off, like I said, thanks for having me. Super pumped to be part of Inner Circle uh, this year. It's, it's long overdue. I know. I know. So shout out to uh, to Russell uh, to push me over the edge there. So I, I take a very unique approach to podcasting. That's why it's called the Golden Mike Method. It is not what you think of when you think of traditional podcasts. Um, and there is a, a specific angle around that. Um, and I'll get to, as Russell would call it, to the new opportunity, if you will, uh, here in just a second. Um, but a little bit of context of this. I, I spent, I got started in the internet marketing space probably seven years ago or so and grew up in the Instagram world, right? Uh, right place, right time there. Grew about 7 million followers or so. At one point, we had about 100 million follower network. Volume, traffic, like very, very messy uh, when you're at that scale. Um, but that was kind of my world. Then I got introduced to the funnel game through Russell. It was dot-com secrets and then expert secrets and learned all about the games of funnels. And I was like, oh my gosh, because even at at that level of you know that many followers, like I was taking like six six grand a month to make home, uh, take home maybe, right? Like not, not much. So got introduced to the world of funnels and then basically just, over the course of the next several years of, of being in that space, building up, trying to build a personal brand and things of that nature. Um, I, I wanted to get into the game of high ticket because as I like to say, and people think I'm joking, but I'm being pretty serious. Like I'm pretty dumb, right? I grew up on a, a farm in the middle of nowhere. I was homeschooled. Like I, I don't have any formal degrees or connections or anything. And so I like to learn from smart people. And so I used a podcast in a unconventional way um, to go and build a network of highly you know, successful, wealthy uh, people that I got to go and learn from an interview. And in the process of that, I 
it, it was kind of accidental in the sense of I accidentally discovered the method. It was, I was very being very intentional about the podcast, but didn't realize what I was doing was so different than what a lot of other people do. And through that was able to build, you know, a multi-million dollar company um, or, you know, brand, if you will, uh, won a couple two comma clubs. I've never run a penny on ads. And when I started the podcast, I had basically no following. I had exited my, my social media company. So I didn't get to use any of the Instagram stuff or anything like that for credibility or like to drive traffic to this. And using the golden mic method, um, I was able to go and you know, build this up. And so my life has changed by being able to solve problems for wealthy people, right? Like genuinely just connecting with them, building a relationship and network, asking them what their problems are, you know, getting to know them and then solving those problems. They pay a lot better, right? Alex Ramosi talks about that. Um, solve the problems of the rich and they will make you one of them, right? And so the golden mic method, the premise of that is how do I create a microphone that is worth its weight in gold, literally, and what I have found in the process, we'll, we'll dive in, I don't want to spoil it too much, but is where most people believe the opportunity with the podcast lies is in their listeners. And this is why most entrepreneurs that do podcasts fail, because they try to apply a mainstream model of podcasting, which is how do I go volume? How do I get listeners, right, to a business style uh, business, right, or a business style uh, setting. And I believe that the uh, opportunity with a podcast comes in the people that you interview, and creating a place where you can build relationships with them. And so I've built the entire premise of that on that. And whether you want high ticket deals, whether you want six figure deals, whether you want JV partners, you want more exposure, you want to promote your book, you want to get on TV, like whatever you want, I believe can be done uh, with a podcast using uh, the golden mic method. So what started down this road uh, out of curiosity, you, to go from Instagram into podcasting, first of all, why, why the change? Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, it's because I was I wasn't making much money. Um, and like I, you know, I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere. I just wanted to be rich and famous because, you know, we had lack like not a lot of money, right? And so I thought if I could be famous, uh, you know, a little insecure Josh just wanting to be seen by the world, right? Um, and so, you know, I I kind of I grew up all those followers and realized that I did not know how to monetize them and I had terrible money blocks. And so really what got me into more of the the podcasting, I mean. Truly it was, and that's why I'm here, is because of Russell um, introducing me to funnels. Um, and there was really, I, I would say, one step between Instagram and podcasting, which is the world of info product, coaching, consulting, and selling of services. And when I actually started to go learn sales, the single biggest problem that I had at the time, which is the single biggest problem that I believe almost every entrepreneur has, is I didn't have enough ideal leads. I couldn't get in front of my customer, right? And I realized that if I'm selling a 997 product or even a $5,000 product, I just can't make much money. If I have to spend all my time going and chasing down these people and then getting on the phone with people and selling that, like it just, the numbers like just logistically did not make sense. And I just remember like sitting there in bed at night and being like, how am I going to make a million dollars? Like if I'm selling a 997 product or a thousand dollar product, like I'm not good at webinars, right? I've gotten better at them now, like, you know, five day challenges, but like at the time, like no six, I'd done dozens of webinars, never made any money. Right. And so for me, it was like, I literally just had to figure out how to sell. And I, when I did the math, I was like, well, if I can sell a $25,000 offer, I can make a million dollars a lot faster than if I sold a $5,000 offer. And so I just became obsessed with high ticket sales. And like, when I say high ticket, I don't mean like five grand. I mean like 15 or 25,000 is the low end. And then like 100,000, 250,000, like those are the type of deals that like I like to, to do, deal with. Um, and so the podcast came out of this way of being like, I'm a nobody. 
I've got no credentials. I've got no special talent or abilities. I don't really have any money. How do I build something that will allow me to get in front of my ideal person, right? Whether that was for a JV partnership, right? Whether that's whatever it is. And so that's where, that's kind of what led into podcasting was to go document this journey and kind of build up me and it evolved into what it is today. Yeah. Got it. Love that. Now, out of curiosity, when you go down that road, did you immediately think, hey, I need to change as far as who that ideal person is? Mm. Did you think it? that being the uh the the folks that you have on the podcast that you interview that you, you connect with and do deals with or did you go into it like every other podcast yeah that's a great question. yeah yeah that's a great question um so I, I mean i'm a big believer in podcasts i i am and i i am a big believer because of what they've done i went into it though just like everybody else more or less i i actually started doing facebook lives that's how i like I, some people might remember i would do 300 it was 365 days till a million dollars or something like that. I was Facebook living and everything, right? And so the, there was this process that was basically like, I was just gonna live stream myself to success. And a buddy of mine was like, why don't you start a podcast and just put it on there as well? And so I started doing that and trying to build an audience. And like, I was like, oh, cool. I have like 10 listeners, like what? Um, and so then I started interviewing people because I thought, well, I wanna get around wealthy people. I wanna get around successful people. And I think, I really do think that this is an important piece of the equation, which is, I don't think most people, at least in my experience with them, I do not believe most people understand why they're using a podcast, like what their objective is with the podcast. They do it because someone told them to or because somebody else has it. And it's like, there's a lot of different objectives you can have, right? My objective when I actually started interviewing was I just want to get around these people. That's it. I just need to see how they think, right? I, I, you know, I, I, would, I would hire these mindset coaches or whatever, and they'd say, it's all about your thinking. I'm like, well, how do these people think? And so when I started interviewing successful people, like my objective was not to try to sell them something. It was not to build, you know, it wasn't any of that. It was, I just want to be around you. And what happened was, is that because I, I believe it, because I came from that place of genuine curiosity, I was there to learn. Like my entire premise was how do I ask life's biggest questions, right? <laughs> right? And I would go and I would take this genuine curiosity standpoint of, you know, little Josh, like I said, I'm pretty dumb, right? Like I, I don't, like I'm not very talented in a lot of areas. Like how do I like, just ask questions that would like, they think were valuable and they'd want to share. And what ended up happening one day is it was actually um, Brad Gibb was uh, was one of the people that I had interviewed. And my brother had died in a helicopter crash. Um, and I was in the middle of like this transition where I kind of like left my company and I was trying to figure out what was going on. And um, I needed to make some money. And I was interviewing Brad. And after the interview was over, Brad was like, dude, like, you're awesome. Like, I like you. Like, we should, like, what do you do? I want to hire you. I like, I want to work with you or whatever, right? And that was kind of like the first time where I was like, me? Like, oh yeah, okay. Uh, and so we talked for a little bit and I said, well, I'll, I'll send you over a kind of like an outline of like what I do. And so I, I put together a Google doc and I you know, got to the end of it. And keep in mind, like my offer was like five grand at that point, right? And the most I'd ever sold ever at one time was like $15,000. Like that was astronomical. And I remember sitting there and being like, I'm about to go on this world trip to process the death of my brother. I'm taking my now wife with me. I can't, I can't like be taking lots of clients. Like if I'm going to work with this guy, like he can basically be my only one. And so I don't even know how I mustered up the confidence to go and do this. But I like, I was like, what, how much money do I need to make? <laughs> right. And so I put 30,000 bucks. That's how much it was. And, you know, I showed him like, Hey, we're going to launch this Facebook group. And this is what it's going to look like and blah, blah, blah. I justified it. And I remember he, he went, he reviewed it with the team. And then like, it was like three days later, I think, or four days later, like he paid it. And I'm like, what on earth like what just happened right like how did that like there was no sales process like you know they complicated 
And so at that point, that really opened my eyes to where I was like, wait a second, you know, those moments, um, if anyone's listening, like where something happens and you're like, I don't know what just happened, but I, I know whatever just happened. I want to do like, I want to do more of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're like sitting there and you're like, what did, what did I do? Right. And that's when I really became obsessed with like understanding how successful people think from a standpoint of what makes them part with that amount of money. Because like $30,000 to this guy was like, you know, three grand or 300 bucks to me. And so that's when the, my entire focus and shift became, okay, hold on. I need to focus on creating an environment where the people that I want to network with, do business with actually want to come and talk to me. And what's fascinating is, you know, everyone asks, how do you get more listeners? And I'm like, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Right. I, we did about a million and a half downloads on our podcast um, before Apple sued us, right. For trademark infringement, we can get to that. Um, but like, I, I made more money off of a 2000 person email list promoting products than I did with my listeners. I never focused on them. I made all of my money with the people that I interviewed. And I have found that just like, you know, a, a, a product, you make a better product, it's going to take less marketing to go and, you know, get someone to want it. I looked at Joe Rogan, right? Biggest podcaster in the world. And he, I'm looking at him and he's like, he never talks to the camera. He never talks to the listeners. All he does is focus on creating really good conversation. And he is the biggest podcaster in the world. And I'm like, well, why don't I just do that? And so, yeah, we, you know, we put stuff out on emails and social or whatever, but my entire focus was how do I create that environment? And that's how we got Russell. That's how we got, you know, I think we've done 400 or three or 400 interviews now at this point. Um, that's how we got all those is just focusing on that. Um, and that's where, yeah, that's where my life changed for sure. So tell me a little bit about what you see as the difference between the, the Josh yeah. then, back then, the, the Instagram, even just dabbling in the idea of podcasting versus where you see now. Tell me a little bit more about the personality and identity mm. differences if you look back on that. Okay. That's a great question. Don't let me forget. I want to draw out a, a visual diagram of like how traditional people do podcasting versus how we do podcasting. I think it's really powerful for when people hear it. Everyone's almost like, ah, so we'll get back to that. Um, it's funny. I just had someone over at my house this morning for like three hours and all we did was jam out on podcasts and he asked a similar question. And I said, um, I started into Instagram because I was a kid that needed attention, was wildly insecure and did not feel like I was enough. And I was validated by the fact that I had more followers than you because everyone told me in my life that you would amount to nothing or you wouldn't make it or da da da, you're crazy or whatever. And I could look at them and go, yes, but I have 6 million followers, right? Like not me personally, but like, this is what like I manage. I'm like, you can talk all the crap you want to talk, but like, here we go. Right. And it was shallow, right? These were art accounts or, you know, non-personal brand accounts or whatever. But the person that built the Instagram version of Josh, his goal was to get seen. It was to be loud. Right. And, uh, I was pretty good at it. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, if you go and, you know, you go look back at some of the stuff, like I wasn't afraid to say or do anything that I needed to do to get you know people's attention. Uh, I mean, not immoral or anything, but like, just, you know, and, um, after my brother died, uh, he died in a, in a helicopter crash. Um, and he left behind a, a five-year-old son and a pregnant wife. And it was just, a, it was a really like earth shattering time. Um, about, you know, eight months or so after that, I hired Katie Richardson. Do you know, do you know, Katie, she was in the click world for a little bit, you know, yeah, her. Yeah. Okay. Great. Phenomenal. Like, like a magic of a human being that I can't even explain. And as I'm sitting there, this, the story goes like my brother's passed away. Like I, I leave my company, 
my wife and I, we get on a plane around the world. We're over in the Philippines in the middle of nowhere, like propeller plane to a dirt runway. My wife gets sick with an intestinal eating parasite and like, like can't stand up, can't function. Like the most sick I've ever seen someone out of a hospital. And we're like, we're overseas. And like, we take her to the emergency room in the Philippines. And it's like a piece of plywood for the bed. There's ants crawling up the wall. There's no toilet seat on the toilet. And like, I'm like, I got to get her home. Right. And we, we fly home. I drained my savings. It was like 40 grand to do like emergency next day, international flights. We had to have like lay down seats. It was crazy. And I went from, you know, eight months earlier to having this network where people would spend $70,000 a month to, with us, you know, to, to distribute content to like eight grand in my bank account with no business, no nothing. And I find myself living in the basement of my girlfriend at the time, mom's house over Christmas. Right. And like, you get to that point and you're like, how the frick did I get here? Right? Like, I'm sure you've never had that moment for you, but you've had that moment, right? Where it's like, how did I get, I get here? And that was loud yelling Josh who just wanted attention and to be seen. And I remember in the moment I just needed, I needed, I knew I needed help. And so I looked up for coaches and Katie was one of the people I interviewed. And when I got on the phone with her, like you, those people, you just, you start the conversation, you just know they're different. That was Katie, right? And she just talked to me in a way that no one had ever talked to me. And when she asked me what my problems were and I told her all about my business, she goes, cool, Josh. So what's actually going on? You know, and it's like tears running down my face, opening up about this fact that I just feel like I, I'm confused. I'm not enough. I have nowhere to turn. Like, how could I have all this success, but yet end up here or all that? And all she said was, I get it. I can help you. I'm $60,000. <laughs> and like I, you know, 8,000 and, and, uh, at the time, but I, I did, I put down the payment and what changed there was after I paid her the money, she said, Josh, I'll never tell you what to do. And I'll never tell you how to, what, what uh, how to do it. Like, I don't know what I paid you $6,000 for, but that was, that was it. But she said, Josh, I'm going to help you figure out who you are. And when I went from this place of insecurity and not feeling like I was enough and I just needed attention and maybe someday I can prove myself and maybe, maybe, maybe no certainty to this place of, I know who I am. I know what I stand for. Like, I know what I bring. I know my value. I know how I help. Like, I know who this is. And that level of confidence and certainty, it sucked. It was hard to get to that point. But when that happened, now this whole idea of a podcast and interviewing successful people. And by the way, this whole journey is documented on the podcast. It's pretty fascinating. Um, but like, when I now get into the room with, with successful people, now I don't feel like I have anything to prove to them. I'm just in here. And my goal is to create an environment and, and deliver a good conversation. And I, I know that I have worth outside of what I do. And when you have that power and when you experience that, you can ask someone for a quarter million dollars, right? Or a hundred thousand dollars. You can, you can ask someone for referrals. You can, you operate differently and you think about life differently, I think as well. And so I think that was the biggest, the biggest shift is, going from this place of insecurity and not enough to being very certain and an overwhelming amount of confidence um, that is based in that certainty um, as well as, you know, other things, but that's, I think where it starts. That's incredible. Love hearing that story. Thank you for sharing with us a bit about that. Uh, as far as that attention, if you don't mind, I, I'd, I'd love to, to just touch on this for just a, a yeah. quick moment. Why did you need that attention? And and to go with it is, what's the difference on the attention you receive now? Mm. Um, you know, I grew up in a I grew up in a different world. Uh, I come from a homeschool family, eight kids, and we were the small small family, right? Um, you know, a lot of people with twelve and thirteen kids. Um, 
I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know a different reality than that growing up. Um, I, I just know that I did not feel seen a lot, a lot of times perhaps. Right. Um, like maybe my value only came from the things that I did. And I thought, well, if my value comes from an external factor, then let me just get a lot of people to know who I am. And there's my value. Right. Because if you have like 30 people that know who you are and I have 3 million, like I am, you know, 300,000 times cooler than you are. Right. And uh, terrible. Right. But, and I didn't know that at the time, I didn't consciously, I wasn't consciously aware of that, how that, that was processing. Um, I love my parents to death. They did a phenomenal job. I am who I am because of them. Um, and like, I've learned hard work and morality and, and my, you know, faith and, and so much ties back to that. I mean, they were first generation, you know, first generation Christians that moved across the country away from stability or whatever to follow what they thought was, was good and right. And to homeschool their kids and like break cycles of this. I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful. Right. Um, and so I just think that, you know, in the reality of that, like things get missed and there were things that were good, like things that drove me, like I never did anything moral or uh, immoral. Right. Like I've, I've never been a partier. Right. I've, I've never, you know, like I had my morals instilled into me. So for me, it was just finding validation. And because I did not know how to find any form of worth internally, um, the followers filled the gap, I would say, um, if you will, and until it didn't. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, it, it sucks that my brother died and I miss him, you know, but I, it is, it was a huge blessing in disguise because that, that will shatter your world really, really quick and wake you up to the reality of none of this matters um, really quick. So I think that's probably where it came from. Yeah. I want to get one last question yeah. in this, and then let's get into the podcast and what everybody is here for. But I'm I'm really curious now about, do you see any difference? Did you get to the depth, for example, when you were doing more of the Instagram, more even just the beginning of the podcast world? What's the difference as far as the followers is concerned? Mm. That is, do you see a significant difference on who you attract yeah. on who follows you as a result for sure um a hundred like night and day i i believe one of the things that i learned relatively early on in post katie right is i started studying principles and um basing things of my life on principles because i figured out the principles never change right jeff bezos is like most people ask what's going to be different in 10 years right now and he's like the better question is what's never going to change in 10 years what's going to be exactly the same right um, and so one of the principles that I learned relatively early on, it took me a while to apply, but like this was, I believe relationships are the currency of the wealthy, uh, and you could insert or successful or whatever, right? It is, is the people that, you know, the relationships that you had. And one of the biggest reasons I think I had fans or focused on fans or followers or whatever is because I didn't have to have a relationship with them and I could make them feel really good. And they can make me really feel really good because I did not feel worthy of relationships. Relationships were messy. Yuck. Right. So I didn't need like depth. I just needed amount. Uh, and now I, you know, I don't focus on followers a whole lot now, which is insane coming out of my mouth, considering how much it drove my life. I really do focus on the key relationships. And when I, when I sit down and when I look at, why I love the podcasting model, I'm going to tie this back to that, um, is it has nothing to do with the podcast. It's what the podcast allows me to do, right? And it's like, it's one of the few tools that allows you to do so many things at the same time and build relationships with people, right? And build your business and build your brand. And um, I, I think that there's levels to relationships. I think that there's, you know, depth, different levels of depth. But the the people that are in my network or in my world now, 
you know, they're, they're relationships. They're not fans. Right. And like, I'll, I'll fangirl over people and people fangirl, whatever. Right. But I'm like, I used to never be like, I don't want to talk to you. Like talk, email me. Right. Or like my fit, whatever. Now I'm like, when I'm out networking people, I'm like, yeah, here's my number. Like, let's talk. And like, let's, and it's just, there's a genuine connection there. And I, that came with actually starting to like feel worthy of myself and like get grounded in that. I know that sounds cliche, but it's like, if you don't feel like you like yourself, you don't understand why anybody else would. Right. And I know that I'm, I have many shortcomings, but like, I have a good relationship with me. And like, I know who I serve. Like I'm, I'm Josh Forty. I'm a child of God saved by him. And I follow King Jesus Christ. Like that is who I am, right? I am powerful. I'm influential. I'm wealthy. I'm free, right? Like the, that's just who I am, period, end of story. And so when you start operating that way, relationships don't start to become scary. So I, I think I went from followers and fans, and I'm sure I have some of those too now. Um, ClickFunnels, man, you guys are the best. I walk into your guys' world, I feel like a celebrity, right? Like you guys are like, let's go. Um, but uh, yeah, the quality of people is people that are having conversations up here and they want to solve world, you know, problems in the world and they want to provide, you know, create genuine solutions. They're not here to take. And the conversations I have, I say, I don't, I don't sell anyone anything, right? I don't sell a hundred thousand dollar deal or a quarter million dollar deal. I solve a problem, right? And when you solve a problem, like money is the easiest thing in the world. So I think that's probably been the biggest shift is just like understanding the difference between fans, followers, and then like genuine relationships. Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Appreciate you, you breaking down really the difference. And it really seems, correct me if I'm wrong, it really seems more of the difference in your mindset and your approach is what fuels the difference in whoever might be following you. Meaning, you're comfortable with yourself. You're doing this for yourself in order to get amongst the right people. That's going to attract a different person and arguably that ideal client for you who you yep. may have wanted uh, or needed perhaps all day, uh, all along. So I love that you're getting into this. Take us back now, if you don't mind, into some of the beginnings of your podcast before you changed your approach in podcast and yep. challenge for you what might be the, the most important mistake that you made during that time mm. so i'm gonna i'll draw this out really quick um i know we have a couple people on here and i'm gonna use i'll just talk to you but because we have a lot of marketers right we do marketing stuff in the click world right so you look at podcasting and this is the example i was going to do so here's here's this little guy over here we're a marketer right and so here's us right over here on this side. You can't really see it. I don't have a marker, but you'll get the idea. And I'm going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a podcast. So if I'm a marketer and I'm going to start a podcast, what do most people start a podcast on if they're a marketer? Marketing, right? Sure. I'm going to start a marketing podcast, right? I'm going to talk about marketing. And so because the focus of most people, which is when podcast started, it was very ma a mainstream thing, right? Joe Rogan or Oprah or whatever, right? The focus was on building this big audience of people, right? And so what most people do with, and I promise I'm going to tie this back into what I, what I did, right, is they say, oh, cool, I'm a marketer. I'm going to start a podcast on marketing. I'm going to go interview people, interview other experts on marketing, right? So now the people over here that you are interviewing, so this is you, and this is your podcast, and these are all your listeners, right? The person over here that you're interviewing, not only do they not have your problem, right? They're already good at the thing that you do. So there, there's no business that's being done there. There's no, because you can't help, you can't solve their problem. They don't have the problem you solve. But now your entire audience of people, right? You are telling all of them, hey, I am a marketer, but I'm not the expert marketer. This guy's the expert marketer or this girl's the expert marketer. You should go listen to them. 
So now not only do you have no business with the people you're interviewing, you're also going and to your audience, you're telling them that you're not the expert that they should go buy from these other people. And then people wonder why they don't make any money with podcasts, right? And they go, oh, that this, like it sucks or whatever. And I'm like, okay. So going back to the original days of the, the podcast, I think I'll cover like both what I got right and what I got wrong was right from the very beginning, I'm like, I can't be that. Right. I have, if I'm going to go talk to people, I have to be different. I want to get Russell Brunson on the show. Do you know how many podcasts Russell Brunson gets asked to be at on? Right. And so, right from the get go, I created a place where we didn't talk about marketing. We talked about life's biggest questions. And I always joke, I'm like, I would literally get on my podcast. We talked for two or two and a half hours with people. And I would ask them if they'd ever done psychedelic drugs, what they thought of Donald Trump and what their religion was. And then three days later, I'm selling them a $50,000 marketing package. And people are like, how? Like, because it doesn't matter. They don't care about your thing. They care about you, right? And that, that relationship. And so I think one of the things that I got right very early on was I understood why someone would want to come on my show versus anybody else's, right? Here was the problem. The mistake that I made is I stopped there early on. I never, or it took me a while to figure out how to turn that into anything more. Right. And so I would interview these people. And yes, I would build relationships with them, but I left millions, literally millions of dollars on the table simply by not understanding the value that I could provide to them after the fact by solving their problems, building relationships outside of what the podcast was. And so I would go and I would, you know, pour this money into the podcast. We'd blow it up. I, you know, invite these people on. And I'm like, cool, like you're, you're like, this is where the value lies because I'm going to learn like you and cool people are going to listen. But then they'd get off and that was it. I'd send them a gift, a thank you, and that's it, right? And so by not cultivating those relationships and not being intentional with you know, solving their problems and, and following up and, and really building those relationships long-term, I, I think that I missed out on a, a huge, huge, huge um, potential increase of, of business and brand and, and in knowledge. Um, and it wasn't until, like I said, with Brad that I, I really figured that out. So I think that was probably by far my biggest mistake. Got it. All right. What then sets this method apart? And tell us a little bit more about the golden mic method. You've explained the concept behind it, but really, uh, even just a matter of finding the right people, uh, the the production, intentionally choosing that different audience, especially if the audience is who you're interviewing. Tell us a little bit about the difference here on, on where you see podcasting on what most people do, most podcasters versus your approach. Yep. Great question. And I appreciate it. Um, So the biggest, the opportunity switch, as Russell would call it here, is the value of a podcast does not lie in the listeners. It lies in who you interview, right? And if like you take nothing else away from anything that I've said, just remember that. You want JV deals? Cool. Interview JV people that could be your JV partners, right? Like you want to get on TV? Like you're creating an environment where you can interview those types of people. And so when I got, you know, got into the whole podcast game and, and, you know, started blowing up my podcast and I would look around at uh, what other people would do. Like I said, that the whole angle of like marketer doing marketing stuff and doing that. And like I said, post Katie, everything that I do is principle based, right? I have to tie it back to a principle. It has to be based in psychology. Like I can't do it off of a gut feeling or it works because it's not sustainable. I can't duplicate. I can't repeat. I don't know if I can't study the principle of what it is, right? And Myron Golden, man, what a dude, right? I am so dumb. And then I get around him and I'm like, yo, he is so smart. 
And he said a quote, um, and he said it multiple times, but it, it really changed my perspective of things. And he said, people buy things for one reason and one reason only, because they feel like it, right? And at first I was like, nah, but of course, when I dove into the principle of that, I was like, that's why people buy things. That's why they make decisions because they feel like doing it. And he said, so rather than focus on selling stuff, focus on creating an environment that makes people feel like buying, right? And I remember back in, even in my Instagram days, you know, early on, like even pre-Instagram when I was first trying to figure all this stuff out, I would look, I lay in bed at this little, little apartment, right? It's like one bedroom. I had like a car with a duct tape window shut, right? Making like 500 bucks a week. And um, on Saturdays, all I would do is just watch YouTube videos. And I remember looking at like Grant Cardone and Gary Vee and like people like that back in the day and be like, well, it's so easy for them to make money because like people come, like people follow them, people chase them, right? And the principle and the concept of this is I can either chase or I can attract, right? And when I got introduced to like when Brad, like Brad Gibb is like a Russell Brunson level life change, right? Like if you don't know Brad and you ever get the chance to meet that dude, like you just, just listen to him and like do anything that you can to learn from the dude. Brilliant when it comes to money and finance, right? And I start studying money and I start watching like how money works. And I'm like, man, money seems to just like flow places and it seems to be attracted to certain things and a repel. And I'm like realizing that if I'm wanting to duplicate these principles, right? I'm like, why would I chase people? Nobody likes to, like if I came up to you and I started running after you, you'd probably run away, right? Like if you had no other context, but like that's how I would do sales, right? And so the concept of the podcast was, okay, the most important part is, is the angle of your show, like how this is actually designed. Because I'm like, I need to have a place where my ideal client, whoever I want to do business with, the partnerships, whatever, want to do business with me. I'm sorry, want to come talk to me, right? They want to come talk to me for whatever reason that is, right? And so when I would look at what everybody else was doing is they would go and they would create this podcast about whatever and everything that they do, they thought about the listener. And then they would ask, how do I get better guests? And I'm like, you created a place that your guest does not want to come talk to because you didn't focus on your guest. You focused on your listener, right? And so the questions that they would ask or how they would structure the thing, it's like, what's best for the listener? And I'm like, that doesn't work. If the product that I'm selling is the interview, I've got to make the product better. Like I've got to do that. And so my entire focus became, how do I create an environment? How do I create an angle of a show where the topic where my ideal person wants to come talk to me, not as willing to, lots of people are willing to do stuff, right? But they want to come talk to me. And the example I always use for this, it's, it's funny is I go, imagine you were an insurance agent and I'm sorry, you were a marketer and you were selling marketing services to insurance agents. This is a real story, by the way, like a, a guy that I worked with. And he's like, I sell the insurance agents. Josh, what should my podcast be? I said, well, what are you going to name it? He goes, marketing for insurance agents. And I'm like, I want to take a Xanax and go to sleep, right? Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is like, what? It's so boring. He goes, well, what would you do? I said, well, if you're an ideal person, you want to talk to insurance agents, successful insurance agents, you know, people with money and, and status. What do they like to do all day? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, I spent three years in Omaha and everybody in Omaha is an insurance agent, all of them. And it's a running joke in Omaha that all people do all summer is golf. The whole, nobody works on Fridays. It's just golf, 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 golf. And I'm like, so you're going to go and start a podcast selling marketing to insurance agents, talking about insurance. And I'm going to go start a podcast talking to insurance agents, asking them about golf. And I'm going to go and I'm going to ask them to come on the show. And be like, hey, I have this place where I interview people in the insurance industry. We talk about the crazy golf stories, business, golf, blah, blah, blah. 
And all I do for an hour is I just talk to them about golf and business and how cool they are and what they're doing and why they're crushing it. And I make them feel cooler than all of their friends. And then after the podcast is over, I go, dude, that was amazing. So like question for you, you've got this super business or whatever you're trying to scale. What are you doing for leads? Oh, blah, 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 blah. And now all of a sudden I go, why aren't you using my method or whatever the thing is, right? And now the problem they have is they want more leads. And now I just became a solution. But the premise, I got to get the book. If you want to like be a ninja at psychology and sales, this is one of the best books in the entire world. Persuasion by Robert Caldini. And the entire premise of this book says, whatever happens right before the thing will determine the outcome of the thing, right? And the coffee example, where they go up and ask 50 people, I'm going to read you a story. Uh, would you tell me what the main character was like? And the only difference was between the first 25 of them, five minutes earlier, they had someone come up and hand them a cold cup of coffee, ask them to hold it while they tied their shoe, and then what way? And the other 25 they did it for a warm cup of coffee. And the people that got the cold cup of coffee described the person in the story as cold and uncaring. And the people with the warm cup of coffee described them as warm and caring, right? Same story. Everything is the same. That's the only difference. Whatever happens right before will determine the answer. So if I walk up to Jason, who's on here, right? And I'm like, hey, dude, I do marketing. What are you doing for leads? You want to buy my, like, can I help you? Be like, no, I don't know you, right? But if I go and if you're an insurance agent and I invite you on my podcast and we sit down for an hour and you tell me all about how cool you are and your buddies, you know, go golfing and all the success that you've had or blah, blah, blah. And now I ask you what you're doing for leads and I go, dude, we can make you look at like double your leaf. We'll make you so much more money. Now, would you like to talk? Right? So what happened right before determined the outcome of his answer, right? So when I'm going and I'm doing this golden mic method, step number one is I just get the angle right. Right, because if I get the angle right, ninety-five percent of my problems go away. It's the difference between pushing a rock uphill and like getting in a Lamborghini and driving. It's that big of a difference. Because if I can create a podcast or a place where my ideal customer wants to come talk to me, I will never, ever, ever run out of people to talk to. And the number one question I get from people when it comes to podcasts is, "How do I get better guests? How do I get more people? How do I get interviews?" And I go, "I have literally never, one time, single, ever had that problem." They're like, "How?" And I'm like, because my people actually want to come talk to me, right? And it has nothing to do with marketing. It has nothing to do with your thing. And that's the big mistake is people think that they have to go make their podcast about their thing. No, it has to be about something that they want to talk about and that you can like conversate and you know show your magic off. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely does. Take me back though, because I'm curious, that first guest. So yeah. example for you, Brad Gibb, who you mentioned. Yeah. What's the approach on that first guest? Or is it just a matter of already uh, leveraging your contacts, people that you already know? Or how do you create that environment for that first step? Yeah, it's a great question. So, oh man, I could, we could, I have so many different ways. I have a, I have a formula to answer this question and I'm going to answer it because I know that's the answer that you want. We can de dive deeper into the psychology behind this as much as you want. But like, here's the answer you're looking for. When we create the angle of the show, we have to validate the angle and we have to make sure that people actually want to come talk to us. Because like, like I said, if someone wants to come talk to us, they will say yes, right? Very easy to get someone to talk about what they already want to talk about. So what we do is we come up with the angle of the show. So my angle is whatever, like whatever your thing is. You may got a list of 10 or 20 people, whoever it is that you know, or that you could get in touch with, that you can send an Instagram message to, uh, a Twitter message to, that you could get in touch with somehow. Maybe it's an existing list. Maybe it's an introduction, whatever. And you reach out to 10 people. And if you ask 10 different people to come on your podcast, 
and you can't get four people to say yes, the angle of your show is wrong. Because if you actually had a good angle, at least four people would say yes. That's the math behind it. And so you just make out a list of who do I want to talk to? Who do I want to build relationships with? Some people, they do five-day challenges. I used to do lots of those. And so their, their customer is not, who can I interview that wants to buy my product? It's who can I interview that wants to be a JV, that could be a potential JV. And where most people would go is they try to talk business. They try to create this place where that you could talk about money and numbers. It's like, no, they don't want to talk about that. That's what they do all day long in their life, right? People come to me and they're like, Josh, how do we get you on your sh my sh uh, show? I'm like, what's it about? And they're like, well, would you want to come talk about marketing? And I'm like, kind of, like, it's fun. I'll do it. But like, I don't love it, right? I mean, I'm like, I do, but like, I get asked that all the time. But if somebody were to come to me and say, Josh, I have a show where I interview entrepreneurs about their faith and their relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't care if I'm your first interview with absolutely no one listening. I am saying yes to that interview. Why? Because I want to talk about Jesus. I love it, right? And so I will talk about something all day long. So now we can bond over Jesus and that and talk about how Jesus and my relationship with him affects business. And then we can go talk business because now we have a relationship. So when you first, you're getting your first guest, it's simply a matter of going, okay, who are like my 10 to 20 people that I would love to have on the show? Like these would be people that I, I can reach out to. I can send a voice clip to. We do a lot of voice clip stuff. Maybe it's Twitter, Instagram, whatever, right? Or that I have a relationship with already. And to where if I were to reach out to them and the only thing that they knew about me in the show was the angle of the show, the topic, what we're gonna talk about, that they would say yes. And then I reach out to those people and I say, hey, I'm starting a podcast. We're gonna talk about da, 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 da. And then I frame it as a favor and say, hey, if you say yes, like it, it benefits them, we can talk about that more. And if I can't get four people to say yes, then I know my podcast isn't good. I gotta go back to the drawing board. Is that, does that answer your question? more yeah, that, that that does uh but it begs a couple more questions that, that that come to mind in this regard so as far as the the concept is concerned i don't see this from my point of view as a limitation that it's only applicable to podcast and so i'm curious if you feel differently that that this approach only applies to podcast uh but more so to the point of those let's call it the, the six right and when, here's what i mean by this you, you say i want to uh, focus on getting four out of ten rather than one zero out of ten to say yes what about those six are you willing to meaning the six that say say no yeah is, is that someone that you would re-approach in yeah. this case would you change the format would you change the approach um i would i would I would adjust the the way that I approached it to because it's my first time, right? My first time reaching out to them. I could have said something wrong, right? But like after the podcast like is up and going, I'll reach back out to them, right? But I I have to find something that's working. And if I find something that works and I look at it and I go, I don't like that, then cool, then go back to the drawing board. But the goal is is that in those 10 different messages or 20 different, however many you send out, you're, you're, you're finding your, the way that you present it. You're like, hey, this is what this is gonna be about. Right. And I think this might help. Um, once again, psychology and principle behind all of this is I studied why people say yes to things. What makes them, you know, what makes someone say yes? People are inherently selfish, right? It, it's just who we are, right? So, how most people would go, and this is how I would use to ask people to get on when I was dumb and I still am pretty dumb, but like when I would start getting started out, right? Is I would go, I'd be like, hey, I got this podcast. You would be an amazing person to interview because blah, 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 blah. Uh, would you do me a favor and like come on my show, basically, right? And I'm basically asking them to do me a favor, to come on my show. 
So now, if they say yes, who are they benefiting? Me, right? But if I have a podcast and I know that I want to create a place where these people want to come talk to me, I'm going to do this for a long, long, long period of time. This is Think Different Theory, right? Like, Think Different Theory, I'm like, I know I want to do this forever, right? You know, a million and a half downloads. By the way, Russell Brunson, like, he reached out to me to come on the show the first time, right? Atlas Shrugged interview. He's in my comment section being, hey, can we, do a, can we do a podcast about Atlas Shrugged? And I asked Russell, I was like, afterwards, we know he did. I was like, I'm not messing this up out there. But like, why? Why did you want to come on my show? And he goes, because I'm sitting there and I'm geeking out about Atlas Shrugged and I want to meet, I mean, I want to, I want to geek out about it with people, but every single podcast that's available is all talking about what? Marketing, right? And he's like, so I want to geek out about this thing and nobody, and then I see your show and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could literally sit down and talk about this for two or three hours with Josh and geek out. Now, him saying yes to coming on my show is a benefit to him. And so if I can change the frame and I can say, hey, rather than if you're a marketer, you have a you know, podcast or whatever, whatever you sell, rather than saying, hey, I have a podcast and it would be awesome to have you on, I figure out what's important to them and I just align those. And I say, how do I make this to where if they say yes, it's their own, it's in their own best interest, right? So Phil Jones, we just had him out. Actually, I did the interview this morning. Dude's like freaking 2,500 stages across the world, seven-time best-selling book. I mean, like big deal, right? I sent him a voice Instagram voice clip. I'm like, dude, I am just blown away by your stuff. So, so fascinating. You clearly know your stuff when it comes to influence and persuasion and people. I have a show where we geek out about this type of stuff. And I would just love to share your message and your wisdom with the world, right? We'll promote whatever you want to promote. Like, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Would you be opposed to coming on? We'll do like an hour, hour and a half long interview. And we'll just dive deep. I promise to ask really, really good questions. And like, you'll get exposure and we can just share your magic with the world. What do you say? And like 25 minutes later, he like messages me back and is like, count me in. Here's my assistant's email. Let's get it booked. Because him saying yes is a benefit. Make sense? The angle of my show is I want to create a place where cool, interesting people can nerd out about their expertise and I can ask them questions that nobody else gets to be asked, right? So by creating this place, it's like if I get the angle right, when I'm doing the reach outs, people get so hung up with, actually, I did a poll on this. They, they get so hung up with, I don't know how I'm going to get people to say yes, right? And so I did it. We just did a big five-day challenge. We had Dan Henry come in and teach on day five. It was a blast, right? And taught this whole process. And I ran in a, a poll and I said, how many of you are worried about being able to get people and guests on your show? And it was like 90% of it, right? It was like everybody but a couple. And I said, cool. How many of you guys that said yes, that you're worried about that, have tried to reach out to at least 10 people to get on your show? Only one had ever done it. And I'm like, why don't you all go do it right now? And the next day, we had like 12 people in there, land interviews, like with people, when all they did was reach out to them on Facebook, they didn't even have a show yet. They literally just reached out to people and said, hey, we're gonna start a podcast, we wanna come on, and they got interviews lined up. Seven days later, one of the guys messaged me and he closed a $15,000 deal off for the person he interviewed. We didn't, I didn't even tell him what to do because it was like, he went and asked. And so when you get, when you just make the ask, then like you'll get feedback and data back. But most people are so scared about asking that they never ask. And the reason they're scared about asking is because they don't actually believe in their show. Internally, they don't feel like their show is worthy of getting whoever it is on, right? Like when Russell was like, hey, I want to come on your show. I didn't go, oh my gosh, I don't know if like, what if I'm not good enough? I'm like, let's go. It's about time. Let's this be amazing, right? Like I'm pumped because I know that when Russell steps into that environment, right? Like when I, this, that's my magic, right? Like if I could choose any place, like I think it'd be super cool to interview Donald Trump right? 
Donald Trump, Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, Tom Brady. Like those are my top four. Russell was number five and I got him, right? Like if I could pick any environment to meet these people, the number one place that I would want to interview or meet these people is on my podcast. Why? Because like I get to be magic. I get to be me. I'm certain there's that confidence. And so when you take this angle of your show and you blend it with like, how do I create something that they want to talk about? And I get to be powerful magic of me. I combine these two things together. It is ridiculous who will say yes to coming on your podcast. I know that was a tangent. I apologize. But does that answer your question a little bit more? No, the tangents are the best parts here. So please feel free to do so. Yeah. The way I, I like to look at it, and this is something we, we used to do as far as uh, an approach to summits, for example, setting up interviews of, of that type of nature. I always look at it as such is right now, whoever it is that you're scared of asking is not on your show. They're not on your summit. They're not on whatever it is. And if you ask them and they say no, there's no difference. They're not on now. If they say no, they're still not on. So yeah. the only way to change that, the only way that you can have a difference is if you ask and they say yes. And the only way to get that yes is to ask. And Otherwise, I would matter. take it one step further than that and say, if they say no, you're in a better position than you were beforehand because now they said no and you can ask them why, <laughs> right? Like you get data now and now you're like, oh, well, that's good to know. Well, he doesn't want to because of the blank, right? Okay, cool. But That's like, point. if you're me, if you're like I was, I literally couldn't deal with the concept of getting a no. Because anyone that said no to me, it was a direct reflection of me, I thought. They were saying no to me. I wasn't enough. And I was more scared of that than anything else in the whole world, right? So I'm like, you know, it's so crazy how pain will drive us, right? They're like, how'd you figure out how to do it? And I'm like, because I, I wanted to have 7 million followers so that whenever I asked anybody anything, I could get them to say yes, right? Like, that's really why, right? So that if I, if I wanted to go up to Russell Brunson or if I wanted to go up to anyone, I could be like, hey, I have 7 million followers, then I could ask them. And who's gonna say no to that? It's weird, status is a weird thing, it's so weird, right? And I, so once I became confident in me and I became like, realized that when I'm asking someone to come on my show, they are not saying yes or no to me has nothing to do with me. They're saying yes or no to the podcast. That's what they're saying yes or no to, right? And if it's no, it's, they're saying no to the podcast. Cool, no problem. We can solve a relationship, right? So I believe that, I would say my mission in life is, I actually told this to Russell. I was like, if I have one message to the world, it's you can be free, right? Ever since I was a kid, I just wanted to be free, free, free. I got into entrepreneurship and I was like, this is gonna be a ticket. And I had all these followers. That wasn't freedom. Then I made money and I looked around at everybody else making 10 times more money and they were no, no less free than I was, right? Or no more free than I was, right? Probably less. And I'm like, what the frick? I don't understand this. And then, you know, I found Christ and, and ironically, when you submit and like, that's where I found freedom. And now I'm free, right? Now I have, I'm free. And like, I'm free in Christ and I'm free in who I am and I'm free in my relationship. Like I'm, I know, right? And I want people to know that message. But I don't believe that people can experience freedom until they experience how powerful they are, right? Because if you don't understand how powerful you actually can be and can step into your power and realize that like you have choices, right? Like if you only had one choice, that's only the only choice you had, are you free? No, you're trapped, you're there, right? And so I told Dan Henry this when, I, when we did the, podcast, the challenge, I'm like, Dan, I wanna explain the challenge this way or the podcast this way and blah, blah, blah and all this and this big vision. And he, go, he looks at me and he goes, and you will be broke. And I'm like, but Dan, like, blah, 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 people want a podcast. He goes, no, Josh, 
no one gives a shit about a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, they do. And he goes, no, they don't. I made $30 million. Do you want to know what people want to buy? And I'm like, okay, I paid you $100,000. Okay, I, I will listen to you. And he goes, Josh, people buy three things. Three things. You want to know what they are? They want to make more money. They want to have sex or they want to look hot. That's it, right? So Dan Henry right there, right? But when I actually went and did that, I made way more money. And that's, he's absolutely right. That's what people want to buy. That's not what gets me excited about the podcast though, right? Like, yes, it will make you lots more money. Yes, I've made millions, multiple million dollars with it, right? That's where those two comic club, oh, you can't really see them, but they're up there, right? That's where that comes from. But there's lots of ways to get more clients. There's lots of ways to make a lot of money, right? The reason I love this method is because number one, it allows you, it requires you to be powerful. It requires you to step into who you are and create that certainty and face yourself every day. And like the bigger the podcast will grow, the more like the more magic you create, right? And so when you get to step into that and you get to, to look yourself in the mirror, all of these fears, like so many of them are made up in my our heads, right? We feel like we're not enough or we feel like someone's gonna say no and we never even try, right? And it's like, if you do just go and try, but we're so afraid. And so you, you build this podcast, you build this method to say, okay, look, I'm going to step into being me. I'm going to create an environment where I can be powerful. I can be certain money follows to whoever's most certain, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to create this powerful podcast. I'm going to create this place where I can be me. And oh, by the way, in the process of that, I'm going to deliver the message and connect with whoever it is I need to serve, right? Whoever my customer is. And so I'm clearly very passionate about that, but that's where I look at Eileen Wilder, right? She's, She's so cool. I was, we were at inner circle with her and she's like, tell me about this podcast stuff. Right. I said, well, and I drew her this, right. And I showed her this and I said, let me ask you, Eileen, who do you like, who's your celebrity crush? Like, who's the person like you just want to like be around and hang out with. She goes, Jennifer Lawrence. Right. And like, cool. So like you could either go and you could try to impress Jennifer Lawrence and, you know, join, I don't know, go into Hollywood and move there and network and join a gym or whatever. Or like, Eileen is magical, right? Like um, if J-Lo or yeah, if Jennifer Lawrence got in, the, uh, in a room with Eileen and they just sat down, like it would just be insane, right? But like, how do you create, she's busy. How do you create that? And I go, well, you create that by creating a show where there's magic and where that magic is something that Jennifer Lawrence wants to come talk about and like wants to be a part of to where now you're the prize and this place is the magic. And like, now, when you reach out to a publisher, you reach out to her and you write it on there, you get, you know, it takes work, but you get it around there. Now, like you have a fan for life. It's not an interview, right? It's not that one piece. Now you're doing deals with Jennifer Lawrence, right? Now I'm doing deals with Brad Gibb or Russell Brunson or whoever, like whoever that person is. And those people used to be my idols. And now they're the people I like do business with, right? Um, yeah. So gold mic method is how do I amplify my magic and do it in such a way that benefits other people? And the number one question I could just, you got to ask yourself continuously. Like Russell Brunson was my A-level. He was like, that's the dude. If I know Russell, he will change my life. I'm a nobody farm kid from nowhere, right? People are like, oh, Russell this. or I'm like, die hard, end of the world. Like if Russell told me to tattoo, like on my forehead, I'd probably do it, right? Like he's my dude. If I knew that guy, he could change my life. So the number one question is, is how do I make his life better? How do I make his life better? How do I make his life better? Well, if I have a show, and I can create a place where like, I can make his life better if he comes on. Now we have a relationship. And so there's so many different facets of the golden mic method. There's so many different facets of a podcast, but it's like, it is this amplification of you that nothing else allows you to create that I have found. I'm curious about some of the content 
in this regard. And, yep. and let me preface it uh, by saying this. It, certainly, it seems that you have no no qualms about touching uh, subjects that, that others might shy away from, that, that they <laughs> might true. be upset by. But is it a matter of intentionally choosing that subject, or is it more a matter of, I'm passionate about this, I have feelings about it, and this is, these are the types of conversations that I might have with a friend that actually gets to the heart of the conversation. Is that really the approach? Is I don't care what the subject is. I want to have that passionate conversation. So let's create that. Yep. Yeah, you said that very beautifully. It's, it is definitely the latter. I mean, I don't talk with controversial topics about people that it doesn't make sense to talk about controversy with, right? And I do with others. I don't shy away from it. But I think you said it beautifully. It's like, how do we create that conversation? Like with a friend, um, I, uh, how many of you guys listening want, like you want to be friends with powerful people, right? You want to be friends with, you know, successful people. You want to be friends with, you know, people that have lots of money or whatever that looks like, whether it's for to, to MS clients, whether it's a JV partnership or whatever. Um, I did a, I did, took a, I took a week and I studied powerful relationships and I'm like, well, how do I just recreate that? Cause that's really what we're building, right? I don't sell anything. I build relationships with powerful people and I show them how I can solve their problems. And if they want it, we do it. If not, no problem, right? How do I make your life better differently? And I found three elements of powerful relationships, right? When I looked at, you know, highly in business and in these highly powerful relationships of people that, you know, networked and did stuff together. The first was they had to connect on values. And so you have to have some shared, some shared value. And Values is how you make decisions. And so when I looked at that, I went, oh, that's what I'm doing right on the show. The whole premise of the conversation of the interviews and, and when you're talking with these people or whatever, you can tell I'm not a very surface level person, right? Like that's, that's changed though, right? I used to be very insecure. So I keep it up here, right? Now we're deep. Is how do I get the conversation to the part where we're talking about values? I don't care what it is. We might have a shared value over family or, or faith or, or freedom or whatever, right? But how do I get the conversation there? The second part of a powerful relationship is that it has to be mutually beneficial to both parties. Both parties have to get better while being part of it. And so I like, I look at my relationship, I, I did a whole podcast on this actually, and I compared my relationship with Dan Henry to my relationship with Brad Gibb to my relationship with Russell Brunson, right? And I was like, if you look at those three, like Dan Henry and I connect on like two values, right? Russell Brunson and I connect on like probably like five or six values. Brad Gibb and I connect on like 13. Like we're like, there's so many, like we're very, we connect a lot of, very different, a lot of shared values. So now if I look at Dan Henry or I look at Russell, I look at business, we're in this game of business. How do I make something mutually beneficial? And once I realized this, people would always tell you have money blocks, you have money blocks, you have money blocks. And I'm like, eh, I thought, I don't know if I do or not. I'm like, oh yeah, I had money blocks. Was, what is the currency of business? Money, Right. So if I am going to make someone's life mutually beneficial, if I'm going to benefit their life or they're going to benefit me, there is no better way to do it. End of story, end of discussion. There is no better way than either A, you pay them a lot of money or they pay you a lot of money. One of the two, because now they will remember, right? So if I pay you a lot of money, this is me to Dan. I paid Dan a lot of money, right? And he made my life a lot better. I made his life better. Same with Brad. Brad paid me a lot of money, $350,000. I think he's paid me, right? Made him millions, right? Mutually beneficial. So in the topic of conversation, and then the third part is you have to be consistent over time. You can't change, right? Um, in the topic of conversation, my whole goal is I need to connect with people on values. And how do I get the conversation to that level? 
there's three, the three levels, there's surface level. This is, Hey, we both like Starbucks, right? There's substance, which is we're talking business. And that's where most people stop. Let's talk business. Let's talk numbers. Let's talk uh, values is let's go a level deeper, right? Let's talk like family, how you make decisions, what you value, what drives you, who you are, your belief systems, right? If I can get it there, the cool thing is, is then I get to decide whether I want to do business with them, <laughs> right? Because there's people I interview and I get on and I'm like, screw, ugh, yikes. I don't know, yuck, right? You're cool on the surface, but oh my gosh, right? I'm not trying to solve their problem. I don't want a relationship with them. Give them a good podcast, good, off the races. So you're absolutely right. It's how, how do I build those? How do I, how do I structure conversation in a way that allows us to have those deep, deep conversations like you would with a friend? Mm, got it. So yeah. without getting into names, without getting into specifics or feel free to, yeah. uh, in this regard, are there any subjects that maybe you wouldn't go back to again? Are there any conversations you wouldn't revisit or are there any people, hmm. um, uh, let me put it this way. Why would you not bring those people back or better yet why would you not do business with them no there's not i don't I, I, there's nothing off limits with me i don't regret any conversations i've had um the only the only boundary so i say know your boundaries going in right so i am very very open like insanely like you you my life is on a podcast like go back and listen um but my boundary is my wife is a private person right so i will talk about everything except for the specifics and details of our, like what we do in our relationship, right? Cause that's her thing. Like, she's like, I don't want that public. And I'm like, cool. So like, I will talk about marriage and I'm super pro marriage and how much I love my wife and all that stuff. But like, that's just a boundary and I've never crossed it. Right. Um, but anything else, I mean, I have talked about some of the most insane things. Um, and it, it, no, I don't, I don't regret any of that. How I do determine though, as far as like, whether I do business with, with things is as I have grown, there are ways that I will talk about a topic where I will not do them anymore, right? Okay. So like, we'll take the, excuse me, like the Trump example, right? This is very open, right? Like I always talked about Trump openly during, the, very much during the presidential election and the, and the whole thing. The way that I had conversations about that, I would not structure the conversations in the same way. I would still have conversations about it, right? But I'm gonna have a, because I've grown and I understand myself better and I understand people better and I understand, you know, that I would, I would uh, approach the conversation differently. But as far as, as far as that, like I wouldn't, wouldn't change anything. And then the whole, the whole, uh, do business with people. I basically just look for a couple main things. And number one is first and foremost, like, can I actually solve their problem? Right. Cause even if I connect on values, if I can't solve your problem, I don't want to take your money. Right. But after is like, can I solve your problem? Then I go and look at, does this person's values align with my core values of who I am and what I'm doing, right? If this person is anti-family, right? Like probably not gonna align so much. Um, but the podcast does a really good job of weeding those people out, <laughs> right? Uh, and then third is, does this person, is this person gonna try to change me? Cause I'm not gonna try to change you. You ain't gonna, you, believe me, you're not going to change me, right? Like I'm going to be me. And so I want to make sure that like, they know who I am coming into it. And that's why I encourage people, even on sales calls. I'm like, do you like, do you understand how I operate? Right. And there's been a couple of people that are like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what are your political beliefs? And they're be like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool. I don't care. Come on in. Do you know where I stand? <laughs> right. Cause I make fun of that literally every day. Right. So like, and I'm not going to stop just cause it's you. So little things, but that's pretty much it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. 
So let me bring up here, there was a, a question posed by Stephanie in our group just a little while ago today when she touched on interviewing someone that couldn't be further from her point yeah. of view. And whatever the subject is, of course, sure, she's uh, focused on the parenting niche, but let's take any of these in, yeah. re in this regard. Is this a matter of, do you go seeking out someone with a different point of view? Or are you simply not interested in the beginning on turning them down um what's your approach as far as if this is maybe a subject that someone might feel a bit sensitive about in any way shape or form maybe extremely passionate about uh is there anything that's going to prevent you from approaching them in the beginning yeah um i wish i had a more direct answer to that question the, the answer really lies in what is the purpose of your show? Like, what's the purpose of your podcast? What are you trying to accomplish? And how sure. is it structured, sure. right? So for me, come on, let's go, right? Like you got a different opinion, like let's battle it out because I know mine's better than yours. And if yours is better than mine, then you're going to be able to prove it, right? And like, I know what I believe. So if you can find holes in it, let's go, right? Like I would love for you to poke holes in my belief so I can go fix that. So for me, I, people know that, but I'm also not trying to, you know, create an environment where we shy away from controversy and we attract to certain people and blah, blah, blah. Right. Stephanie. And I, I think I commented on her post on this. I was like, you do it good with your gut with her. Absolutely. I would steer, steer away from that. Right. I would focus on your creating an environment that wants to, is going to repel the people you don't want and attract the people you do. And I know that sounds woo woo, but once you experience it for the first time, like once you actually experience like attraction and, and repelling, it's fascinating and you'll never go back. Cause you're like, Oh, it's a literal thing, right? It's actually like a magnet. People actually steer away from me because of my beliefs and people are attracted to me. Number one reason people buy from me, crazy. Never would have this. We pull our customers. Number one reason, because of how vocal I am about my faith. What? Right? Like so weird, right? But I'm like, oh man, I, that's why I buy from Russell. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So for me, I don't steer away from that. But I would say, what is the purpose of your show? And for many people, I would say that you just be careful with who you reach out to. And do not feel bad about not, you know, not publishing the interview. If it doesn't work, I told Stephanie that too. Like, don't, you don't have to justify your beliefs, right? Like they're your beliefs. So if you got a problem with the interview and it didn't go well, don't publish it. Yeah. All right. And we're getting closer to the end of the hour. I know you have to go here soon, but. Yeah, I got like 18 minutes. So whatever. What yeah. about the, the golden mic method specifically? Have you not told us that you're willing to share? Hmm. Um, I mean, really the steps of the golden mic method are get the angle of your show, right? Reach out to your ideal people, interview them. And then like, you know, in building the relationship and then how we close the deals on the back end is I never, ever, 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 ever pitch people right after the interview ever. Because now if it could very easily be misconstrued as you just interviewed me because you wanted to sell me something. So post interview, I just, I ask questions. I, we talked about, you know, the problem that I solve and, you know, I learn more about them and then I follow up with a Google doc. Um, and that's just a two page Google doc that kind of outlines stuff. And so it's the follow up, and it's just those four steps. I think that the things maybe that to remember, or the, I think the, the, the pieces that lie at the center of this are this isn't something I just made up. Every single piece of this is based in a principle of psychology. 
So like the concept of the angle of the show is the psychology of attraction versus repel. How do I create, it's easier to get someone to do something they already want to do. So why don't I just create a place where they come to me rather than I have to go and chase them. The concept of the interview is not how do I pre-frame someone to, or how do I, you know, how to go sell someone something. It's people buy people, people buy when they feel like buying, people buy like when they trust. How do I create the place where they, they trust, where they, they want to come talk, we want to do business together, right? Same thing with like, every single one of these pieces is based in that psychology. When we reach out to people, it's the whole concept of people will do something if it's in their own best interest. So every single ask that I do is how do I frame it as a favor? I'm doing them a favor, right? If they say yes, it benefits their life, not mine. Right. So in going through this process, I hear a lot of like, oh, that's not relevant to what I, my business or what I do or any of that. And I go, do you want to be friends with powerful people? Do you want to be friends with successful people, influential people, rich people, whatever, name it. Would that change your life and change your business? JV partners. If the answer is yes, then the golden mic method is for you. But you actually have to be genuine and authentic to who you are and be genuinely curious about these people and genuinely want to make their life better. Because if you aren't, people will smell bullshit a long way away, right? And like people know, but when you are genuinely curious and you sit there and you're asking genuine questions and you genuinely want to get to know people and you are, are genuine about wanting to solve their problems and you genuinely are like, how do I create a place that's an environment that these people I can serve? How do I genuinely make Russell Brunson's life better? And I know we're in Russell's inner circle, but like my relationship with him is public enough. I can say this, like, I don't have any ulterior motive with Russell, right? Like I'm not secretly going, when can I make this ask? Like, I just want to make his life better, right? I want, like, I love the community and I love that. And I'm like, there's no ulterior motive there. And that's benefited so many ways. I made so much money, not from Russell, but just because of that relationship. And it's like, because I just wanted to make his life better. And I wanted to create a place where I was like, can be curious and, and show the magic. And so if you have ever felt like you are, um, the way that you sell is maybe misaligned or the way that you're asking for JVs is misaligned or like, you know, you don't feel like you get to show off your magic and build these powerful relationships. You feel misunderstood. You feel like you could connect with people if they really knew you. Yes. So start a show using the golden mic method where you can create a place where they want to come talk to you. So I don't think there's anything really that uh, I didn't like didn't share. Um, but I think that the principle of like being curious, knowing who you are, being certain in that, and then being very genuine and having no ulterior motives with this will lead you to more money um, and and opportunity than you could ever imagine. Because like, I've never, like, I, last thought, it's like, I've never ran an ad. Like, we tried to run ads on our last launch. I made like $400 in my ads account got banned, right? Like, I'm, <laughs> I've never, like, I've never run an ad. I, I don't know. How, I'm too dumb to, to sell low ticket, right? Like, you got to figure out a million things if you do low ticket, right? Like, I'm just like, how do I just be me and like be genuine and ask people questions and solve their problems and life is great. And I think that most people overcomplicate success when if they were just tapped into who they really were and were confident instead of unconfident, you know, certain instead of insecure that their life would change. So that would be my final thought for that. Love that. Uh, I maybe have a, uh, just a quick moment here to touch yeah, on yeah, a, perhaps a, a bonus idea, but I'm curious because you, you brought up in the beginning as far as who you were then when when you started out as far as that that shell need uh, as you put it for the attention for everybody to follow you on Instagram and then the the adjustment the change that you get from 
um, changing that approach, the ideal client, the ideal person that you want to be in front of isn't the audience anymore. It's now the, the person that you're talking to. And the audience will come, but 100%, yes. And that's exactly where I want to go with this, even to the point of the folks that purchase from you, uh, no matter what the product is, right? It could be your golden mic method. Yeah. It could be, heck, uh, you know, yellows or, or, or something of whatever the case may be. How much do you see that the value and the importance of identity in this case? And whether that's an identity of, I see myself in the host, I see myself in the guest, whether it's who I am or who I want to be, or even I feel so comfortable and confident that that is not me, that it reinforces my identity. Mm. How do you feel that uh, identity really affects, and this is getting into more of the psychology on it. Yeah. How do you feel that identity uh, really affects even our entire operating system on what we choose to do, who we choose to be around, who we attract, and even what we sell and buy? Good question. After Kyle died and I was working with Katie, um, I actually had a quote for years on on my phone. Um, it's not there anymore. I just changed it like two months ago. And it's a quote by Tony Robbins. And it says, the strongest force in the human personality is the need to stay consistent with how we define ourselves. Identity, right? And so when you listen to Russell, and I'll, you know, Russell talks about, he just did a post on the other day about this. Everything is status. It's increase or decrease, right? Like, how am I going to make decisions on this? Um, when you realize that everything is identity, um, you start to take a very different approach to how you create content, who you interview, and things of that nature. So I would say that if there was one thing that made the Golden Mike method work, it would be the identity piece and the identity that you create. And when I say you bring a magic to the show and you create this environment where these people want to come talk to you, Most people, because I, I know this because I couldn't, most people cannot look themselves in the mirror and go, people want to be like me, right? They can't fathom that. And not from a place of arrogance or, or pride or anything of that nature, but I know for me, when I could look myself in the mirror and go, I like me, what I bring to the table, what I stand for, my ideas are valuable to the world and make people's lives better. Right. And I found that when I found Christ, because I was just like a mess before that. And then I was like, here's Jesus. And like, cool, these ideas are his ideas, not mine, but I know who I am in my vessel. Katie Richardson, like my life changed. And Katie Richardson looked at me. And I've never, I don't know if I've shared this uh, here. And this is a funny place to do it. But she asked me, she said, Josh, why are you chasing Russell Brunson? I said, what do you mean? He's Russell freaking Brunson. Like, dude, he's the goat. Like, if you, like, if I was friends with Russell, what? Like, because he's Russell. And she goes, so why are you chasing him? You're acting like he's above you, right? Like, why don't you get him to chase you? And it was like, someone gave me permission to flip the script of like, wait a second, hold on. Russell isn't, and I love Russell. He's the goat, right? Like, no, he's, everyone should follow Russell, right? But like, that gave me permission to go, wait a second. I have something of value to add here, right? And so the identity piece, when you are creating this podcast is, it's all an identity. That's what the energy is. That's what the environment is. And so you create a place that's in alignment with who you are and with the type of people that you want to attract. 
And like, like attracts like birds of a feather flock together. Look at Joe Rogan, the type of people that he interviews, right? Like it's cause he's Joe Rogan. Right. And then you look at Lex Friedman and that is different. And it's like, when you know who you are and you know the value that you bring to the table and you create an environment that is an amplification of that, it is unbelievably insane what you can accomplish and who the opportunities that you will get because most people have no clue who they are. This is why I told you I was so passionate about it. It's because it, you, you have to know this. And so when you're creating these interviews, you're either inviting people to be more like you or like you're interviewing people that you want to be more like. But it's not one above the other. It's just these are powerful, good ideas and, and good identities that we should strive to go and share. And it, that's that's attraction versus uh, uh, repelling, uh, repelling. So um, I don't know if that directly answers your question, but I think that like it's all an identity piece because the better you understand identity, the better you understand psychology and, and so on and so forth. I don't think I could have asked a better question to end that on. Or <laughs> you answer it even better than that. Yeah. Josh Forty, I appreciate your time today coming into our campfire chat. Thank you very much for sharing the approach of the golden mic method with us yep. here in the inner circle. We look forward to having you again here in April. If anyone wants to reach out to you, Josh, how do we get a hold of you? Oh man. I mean, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I'm yeah, you I mean, feel free to get a hold of me. I'll I'll network and help wherever I can, but just go listen to Russell. Like Russell's way cooler. Like you're in inner circle, you've already you've, you've learned from the best. Um, but Instagram is probably the best way, uh, at Josh 40. Um, yeah, that's probably the best way. And if, if I could, I add one, like one final thought. Oh, please. Okay. Um, I genuinely believe in entrepreneurs and I genuinely believe in people that feel a calling to get their message out to the world because I thought that was everyone. And then I got out into the real world and I realized it wasn't. And like, I like, I believe that people like you have, if you're listening, like you have immense power, you have immense magic, you have, you have skills and gifts that are waiting to be seen by the world. And I don't mean that in some cliche, like BS of like, your voice matters. No, if you suck at what you do, your voice doesn't matter. You shouldn't be heard. But if you actually know who you are and you tap into that power and that certainty and that confidence, and you look, are able to look yourself in the mirror and go, what I have to offer the world makes the world better. It, it, it leads people to whatever that calling is. Like I have such immense belief in you and I don't care who you are or what you do. Like I believe that you should have a podcast because I believe that when you get around powerful people, it unlocks something inside of you that you cannot unlock inside of yourself by yourself. And so my, my, my hope in, in sharing any of this, and I'm happy to answer questions and network or whatever, send me a DM. My hope in this is not that you walk away going, cool, Josh taught me some stuff about podcast. Oh gosh, I don't know that much, right? What I have figured out, one small sliver, is that you can reverse engineer how to be how to create an environment that allows you to be powerful and you to go change the world. And that happens when you get around other people that are very, very powerful and that call you to be powerful as well. So that would be my final message is go find those people, go create a show that allows you to go interview and learn from those people, and then step into that magic and like let it become unleashed. So thank you so much for having me. That would be my, yeah, that's my final thought.